0: Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Sibby, and on this edition, we're going to be discussing the Martin Erdegaard announcement. We're going to be talking about Aubameyang, Lacazette, and we're going to be reacting to Mikel Arteta's Press conference because Mikel Arteta has been speaking, of course, ahead of that game against Chelsea. For our live viewers, we are coming to you a little bit earlier. Uh, today. But that's because we're going to squeeze in uh, some extra content for you today. I'm going to be bringing you the Chelsea preview a little bit later on and possibly one more bit of content uh, if we can land the guests that we're looking for uh, between now and uh, this afternoon. So plenty coming your way. We'll also be talking to you tomorrow. Uh, and of course, uh, we're going to be uh, bringing you reaction to that Chelsea match as soon as I get back from the Emirates Stadium. And for our members, the player ratings uh, will be available around about that same time as well. So plenty to come over the next few days. The Chelsea game is just around the corner. How are you feeling? Nervous? Uh, I'm starting to be, I'm starting to feel quite excited. I'm excited about going back to the Emirates Stadium. I know that there's a good chance that uh, Chelsea do, you know, outplay us, outmuscle us out out-fight us, out-battle us and make us feel uh, a little bit dejected and disappointed again. But that's the great thing about football. There's always next week, there's always a next game and you can at least feel optimistic in the lead up to it. So let's kick off with the uh, Martin Odegaard announcement. Arsenal have finally announced the signing of Martin Odegaard. We've all known uh, for quite some time that Martin Odegaard uh, was close to joining the Gunners, that that deal was being worked on behind the scenes. Looked a little bit Like earlier on in the summer like this was not going to happen. A lot of Arsenal fans had given up hope on the idea of signing Odegaard. Uh, I maintained throughout the summer that there was a good chance that this would happen because I felt like he was the priority target. I'd been told that, um, I'd heard that through various sources as well, and I was very, very confident that if there was a deal to be done, and that's a big if, Arsenal would do it. And they have done it. Martin Odegaard is now a gunner. He's going to wear the number eight shirt. Uh, Still not clear if he's going to feature at the time of recording uh, against Chelsea, but looking unlikely from what I've been told based on some of the paperwork and the visa uh, issues. Uh, But fingers crossed we do uh, get him back. Uh, Well, If he's not available against Chelsea on Sunday, he'll be available for Manchester City the week after. So uh, not too much to worry about, but it just feels like if we could somehow find a way of getting him in that team, it would bring us a massive boost uh, because it does feel a little bit downbeat at Arsenal at the moment. It does feel uh, a little bit negative. And so to be able to to kind of bring in, I know he's not a new, new signing because he's already played for the club, but to add him to the group, I think would really, really help and give people a bit of a lift uh, going into that game. Uh, let's um, have a look at Arsenal's announcement on the club's website. So as you see there, Martin Odegaard pictured in the new kit uh, and uh, they, they talk about him rejoining after spending the second half of last season on on loan with us, during which he made 20 appearances, notably scoring in our Premier League win over Tottenham Hotspur at Emirates Stadium in March. Yeah, that's one way of endearing yourself uh, with the supporters. Uh, He's going to wear, as I say, the number eight shirt. Um, A lot of people on social media have kind of been responding uh, to me when I tweeted that out, asking me if that means, uh, if it means anything, if it means that Lucas Torreira is staying, for example, because of course, Martin Odegaard took on Lucas Torreira's number 11 shirt, didn't he, uh, last season? Lucas Torreira is back at the club now, but we understand that he and his people are working on a move away. So I don't think it changes anything in terms of Lucas Torreira. And I don't think, as some are suggested, that it makes any difference in terms of what his role within the team will be. I think the days of a number nine always being a number nine, a number 10 always being a number 10. Uh, You know, a number two being a right back, a number three being a left back, etc., etc. I think those days are not completely gone, but I don't think it carries as much weight, carries as much significance. I don't think the positions are as rigid um, as they used to be. And I don't think that you can really make judgments on how someone will fit into the side based on their squad number. I mean, I was watching some Europa Conference League football last night and there was players wearing number 77 and there were players uh, wearing 49 and all kinds of stupid numbers. So I don't think that's as big a thing as it once was in football. I expect Martin Odegaard to be an advanced midfielder. I expect him from time to time to be deployed maybe from the right, uh, maybe from the left. I think he'll be given that creative freedom. Uh, I think that you will probably see him play alongside Emile Smith-Rowe more than uh, maybe some have suggested in the past. I think Mikel showed a willingness to to play that way at various points last season, and I wouldn't be surprised if you saw that again. So he gives Arsenal options, and at 22 years old, um, given the fee, which was around about 30000000 million, we're being told this morning, I think this is a good bit of business. I really, really do, and I think Arsenal were right to hold on. Now, Arsenal fans out there will say, well, we should have concluded our business prior to the opening game. And in an ideal world, I'd agree. But we were talking about Real Madrid asking for £45-50 million pound three, four weeks ago. And now we've landed in for £30 million. Pounds. So actually holding on uh, that bit longer has allowed us to get a better deal. And I hope that in getting a better deal, Arsenal will now be able to go out and uh, and potentially add further. Uh, to the squad. So we'll be, uh, I'm interested to see if that materialises. I think that people still need to move out. Mikel Arteta alluded to that, didn't he, in his press conference this morning. Uh, but I do think that we're in a place now where, you know, the the financial situation is not ideal for everybody. I know Arsenal have spent a lot more money than than people felt they would and once the Ramsdale deal uh, goes through, we will be uh, the biggest spenders in the Premier League this season. However, um You know, we've still had to be quite savvy. We still had to be careful and we've still had to operate within the parameters that the club can operate in. And I think that actually waiting a week longer or, you know, a couple of weeks longer than we would have liked to. But we've saved 15 odd million pounds, I think is the right thing to do. I think we held out. We held long. We played the long game. We called Real Madrid's bluff to a degree and Real Madrid got to a place where they were looking at the calendar, 10, 11 days left of the window, 11 days. And they said, well, we probably need to accept this now if we're going to cash in on Odegaard. He, uh, from what I've been told, was pushing for it at his end as well. And I think Arsenal, again, as I say, were right to do it this way and were right to get this deal done. So I'm very pleased with this particular bit of business. Now, we've been talking quite a bit in the week, hadn't we? about the Aubameyang and Lacazette situation. What was going on with Aubameyang and Lacazette? Both players uh, left out of the squad to face Brentford on the opening uh, night of the Premier League. People were asking me questions about it. We talked about it at length. Um, I remember, I think it was on Wednesday night's live show with Lee judges. I floated the idea, didn't I, Um, of the fact that that in my opinion, there was a good chance that they had COVID. There was a good chance that that was the case, and I kind of based that on a couple of things. First of all, we had a report, didn't we, at the beginning of of this week, which said that there were cases within the Arsenal camp. That there was doubt over whether that Brentford game was even going to go ahead. I also talked about the fact that Chris Wheatley had reported them as doubts for the game against Chelsea, where there are very few illnesses uh, that an elite athlete can pick up. That Automatically make you a doubt for a game in eight days' time. So, COVID made sense. You know the protocols would need to be followed. They'd need to isolate. Would they be better in time? Would they be able to train? And so it made sense. And a lot of people in the chat were saying, "Well, if that's the case, why have an Arsenal football club come out and said that? It can't be that because Arsenal would have just said Arsenal would have just told everybody that that was the case and ended all the speculation and." reflecting on that, I kind of felt the same. I felt like while it feels like a, a very sort of valid reason or a valid kind of theory, in my head, I, w- I just kept going back to, well, why don't they say it? Why don't they say it? Why don't they end all the speculation? And why don't they just address the situation and, and kill all those stories uh, about sort of unrest behind the scenes, about falling out between Aubameyang and Lacazette, et cetera, et cetera it didn't make sense. And I too started to have doubts around whether that theory could be right. I remember talking about it on yet one of yesterday's shows where I said, well, I'm not sure that I, I buy that it is COVID. I'm not sure that I buy it was illness. Um, and I wasn't sure what to believe, but ultimately that is what came out, isn't it? That both Alexander Lacazette uh, and Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang attested for positive as had Alex Renarsson and Willian. So, why didn't Arsenal announce it? Why didn't Arsenal just come out and say it and end, as I say, all the the rumours and the speculation that was doing the rounds about Arteta, about Aubameyang's future, about Lacazette's future? Well, Mikel Arteta was asked about that in the press conference this morning and he gave uh, a very straight answer, I thought. And I I actually had a bit of sympathy for Mikel when I watched this press conference this morning because he said that there had been a number of tests that showed that they were negative, And then there were tests that showed that they were positive. And he said at the time, we didn't really know, you know, we didn't really know, especially in Aubameyang's case, we didn't really know what was going on. Um, and he said that these are, these are private matters, you know, that, that these are very personal matters to the player. Now, I don't think that there's anything wrong with saying that you've got COVID. I've had COVID uh, and I, I told people, people asked me where I was, what I was doing. And I said, I can't, I can't, I can't come here. I can't go there. I can't do this. I can't do that. I don't feel too well because I've got COVID. And I don't think there's any shame in saying that. But as I pointed out before, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang has always been quite, I don't know if funny is the right term, but a little bit evasive when it comes to his health and personal matters. If you cast your mind back to last season, uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang was was unavailable due to illness. And then we found out a little while later that he had malaria. If you remember when he was absent because his mother was unwell, we didn't find out about that straight away either. And so it seems to me like Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is someone who is quite particular about his personal matters being put out in the press. And I think that in Mikel Arteta's position it's quite a difficult situation to manage because on the one hand, you want to say it, you want to come out, you want to lean on the player and say, no, you know, this is the situation. We have to make it public because it's just going to save us a whole lot of shit coming our way. Um, You know, and, and Mikel Arteta took the brunt of the Brentford defeat, I think, a little bit more than he would have had that come out but at the same time protected the interests of his player respected the wishes of his player and ultimately the relationship between Mikel Arteta and his player is more important than the relationship by Mikel between Mikel Arteta and some of the press and i think he had to he had to do what his player wanted in that situation i've talked about mikel in the past as being a little bit stubborn in certain uh, situations i've talked about mikel arteta in the past being Uh, so kind of set on his ways that he did at time cut his nose off to spite his face. And I think in this particular situation, Mikel Arteta and the club have to make the decision and they have to decide what's going to be more damaging. Is it more damaging for Arsenal to not explain it and then the headlines that come out off the back of that? Or is it more damaging that Mikel Arteta goes against his players' wishes, essentially, if that was the case? and 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 comes out and reveals it and and pisses off someone who's very important to him who's his captain. So it's it, it Mikel was in between the rock and a hard place but he also said during the press conference that he wasn't that he was sorry surprised that the game against Brentford wasn't postponed which indicates that Arsenal had quite a bit going on behind the scenes with covid and they've kept it very very hush hush and it just goes to show doesn't it that as fans Uh, even as journalists, even as people who cover the club, sometimes we don't know the full story and it's very difficult. And, you know, I'm not criticizing people because I do it as well. Sometimes you, you draw conclusions and you, 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 you know, add two plus two and end up with seven and that can happen. But it's very important that you do kind of take a step back and, and and let things play out sometimes so that you can get a clearer picture and understanding of what exactly has gone on. So Aubameyang, as we were told uh, late last night, uh, could feature against Chelsea at the weekend. He has had a training session, Uh, Mikel Arteta confirmed. Alexander Lacazette has not, though. Uh, Therefore, he is more of a doubt than uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. So you could see the captain at least named on the bench for this one. Not sure. Uh, Mikel said he wasn't sure about how they were going to get on today and what that would mean for the game on Sunday. But look, lots of you in the chat um, saying that Arsenal should have announced it. Arsenal should have just come out, told everybody what was going on, been a bit more transparent and would have saved themselves a hell of a lot of shit. And I completely agree but it's a difficult situation to manage. And and another situation uh, that they've struggled to manage, it seems from what Mikel Arteta told us in the press conference is the whole situation around vaccines. Now I know there are a lot of people that are against the idea of taking the COVID vaccine. They don't feel there's enough research or they think that there's research that has shown negatives or or potential side effects. And I get that. Um, And there are others who are quite happy to take it. And Mikel, you know he revealed that there are a lot of players that haven't necessarily been double vaccinated yet and he did point out that it's a very very personal choice he said that the club were doing what they can to push people uh, into that situation or not push people into the situation but to kind of guide people towards having the vaccine but it is a personal choice isn't it for those players and some of them don't want to take it and and that's where we are so you know the vaccine doesn't stop you contracting covid-19 but it um You know, it's said to reduce the side effects. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. uh, So I don't want to pretend to be one. But it's obviously a a situation that's impacted us. We've obviously had difficulties dealing with um, the continued effects of the pandemic. And uh, fingers crossed, you know, we get those players back as soon as possible. Kind of puts to bed a lot of the Willian stories as well, doesn't it? Willian wasn't in the squad and people were jumping to conclusions on that. And maybe about what that might mean. Was Willian out? Uh, was he headed for the exit door? Obviously, doesn't look that way. It looks as though Willian is, uh, for the time being anyway, and this might change between now and the end of the window, but he's still an Arsenal player. And as it stands, uh, his, the reason for his absence is also to do with COVID. It also explains why Karl Hine, uh was on the bench for the game against Brentford, because I was surprised to see that, actually. Um, not saying that Renarsen is much better, but uh, it, is, um, it is interesting it is Uh, to see that that that's come out as well, now that he too uh, was impacted. Right, we're going to take some of your questions uh, from the live chat box, so uh, start getting them in, Uh, drop a little cue at the beginning, I'd really, really appreciate that, Um, drop the cue in, put the question in, subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already, and make sure you like the video uh, if you are Watching us live right now, or watching this back on playback, even if you are listening via the audio platforms, please do leave us a review, especially on Apple Podcasts. As I explained yesterday, a technical glitch uh, that created a duplicate Chronicles of Aguna feed has almost split our ratings across the two. That's been resolved, but we lost the ratings, and Apple tell me that they can't do anything about that. So please do put us a rating. Uh, on Apple Podcasts. It really, really does help. A uh, big shout out to Ryan Finity as well. He says, loved your tactical video, mate. Subscribe that once. Thank you so much. There'll be another one of those coming uh, to you guys on Monday morning off the back of that Chelsea game as well. So uh, make sure you're subscribed and stay tuned for that. Uh, Also, quick reminder that this podcast is brought to you by manscaped.com. For all your male grooming needs, head over to the website, check out their fantastic range of products. Uh, You can join a group of over 2 million men who are currently manscaping on a regular basis. Uh, Check out the products, enter the discount code 90MIN20, and you shall receive 20% off of your order, as well as free worldwide shipping. Also, I'm back playing Le Bomb again this weekend. Fantastic prediction game where you get to bet Wait for it against your friends rather than the bookmakers. What more do you want? And what's more satisfying than betting against your mates and just collecting uh, from them? Played it last week for the first time this season. Obviously, it's something that we carried over from last season. I played again with Rory Jennings, Elliot Hackney, Adam McCullough and Lawrence Bovey. Um, Guess who won? Me again. Uh, brilliant uh, game. Brilliant uh, winning as well. It's all obviously more satisfying. There's a nice little learner on the side as well. Uh, so check out La Bomb. Uh, download the app. You must be 18 or over and a UK resident, but the link is in the description below. So please do click on that. Download the app. Check it out. If you want to play this weekend, you need to set up your game and get your predictions in by 12.30 on Saturday. That is the deadline for each game week. So make sure if you're going to play that you get that done in time. Right. Uh, Let's go over to some of those questions now. Uh, Harish Kumar says, Harry, do you think we will get more signings? I personally think we need a right back, a good young right back. Will massively improve our team. And I also think we need a central midfielder. Yeah, I think I think Arsenal are actively looking to do more business. I don't know if that's going to come to fruition. I'd imagine that they're looking for the right opportunity because they have spent significantly already. I think that outgoings may determine whether we can do that further business. Uh, as well as the the money that we seemingly saved on Martin Odegaard as well. So I, I do expect Arsenal to be actively looking. I think right back and central midfield are two positions that we could do with strengthening in. I think for me, it's more likely that we do go for the central midfield area just because we're so overloaded at right back. Unless we see departures uh, in the right fullback position, it's hard for me to envisage Arsenal seeing adding another fullback uh, as a priority because, as I've said many times over the last couple of weeks you're talking about uh you're talking about Hector Bayering, you're talking about uh Cedric Chambers Maitland Niles all of whom are still at the football club and so i do think that maybe the focus will be on the midfield until uh, that situation changes uh let's see what else uh you guys are saying um let's see let's see let's see uh Halo says, uh, how are the ticket sales going for the Chelsea game? I've got to be honest, I haven't looked again since the other day. Um, I know that there were a lot of empty seats in the upper tier, uh, which was disappointing, obviously. But I also understand why people are feeling disconnected, feeling frustrated. I just think for me that the the, the best thing we can do now as supporters is get behind, as supporters is get behind this team, support this team. And I, I'd imagine it'd be quite disheartening. Uh, For the first time that we're going to be allowed at full capacity for those players to walk out in a big London derby against Chelsea in a game that we're probably going to be up against anyway and see all those empty seats. I think there'll be plenty of noise, plenty of support from those that are in attendance. Um, And and look, I guess if you want to put a positive spin on it, there are people who can't get hold of tickets normally who will be able to because they are available. Uh, So, yeah, check it out. Uh let's see uh what else we've got. Um Giancarlo says it's amazing how quick it is for Arteta to put our minds at ease, well a little. It's good to see him happier though, hopefully that is a reflection of how the team is looking and Odegaard will start. Yeah, he um he did seem a lot more positive uh, in his press conference there. I found this one a lot easier to listen to uh, than I did previously. Uh the one in the lead up to Brentford I found it really difficult. Uh, to listen to, and I, I expressed my feelings on that one immediately after it ended. Uh, but yeah, let's see uh, where we are. Uh, Carrie Tannen says David Ornstein has criticized Arsenal fans about trashing Ramsdale. You did some as well. So, how do you feel now? Well, this is the thing, right? There's absolutely nothing wrong with Arsenal fans saying that they're not enthusiastic about the Ramsdale signing, saying that they don't believe he is the right man, if they do it in a measured and responsible way. My view on it was that Arsenal were spending a lot of money on a goalkeeper that, in my opinion, does not necessarily displace Bern Leno immediately. And I still feel that. I still think that this is a risk and a gamble that Arsenal are taking on Aaron Ramsdale to pay essentially 24 to 28 million pounds in total for a goalkeeper who may start the majority of our games this season on the substitutes bench when there are other areas in the team that need addressing does feel like a gamble. I'm not shying away from that opinion. That is my view. That's what I do. That's what I get paid to do. I sit and I give my opinions on football and on Arsenal in particular. But there's a difference between that between having a reasonable explanation as to why you think it is a risk and why you're not 100% on board with a signing and going on social media and tweeting the guy, get the fuck out of my club, you're this, you're that, and slagging him off and getting personal and attacking the guy. I, I repeatedly said throughout my, uh, throughout voicing my opinions about Aaron Ramsdale that it wasn't personal to Aaron Ramsdale. It was that given Arsenal's situation at that point, and remember, We hadn't signed Martin Odegaard yet. That deal really picked up traction in the last couple of days. Given all of that, I didn't feel that it was necessarily the right way to spend that money. And time will tell if it is, like with anything, we can only predict. Um, But I'm not feeling bad. I'm not feeling ashamed because I didn't go on social media and hit up Aaron Ramsdale with abuse and criticism. No, I just said that I didn't think it was the best use of the money. Uh, But... I also said if Arsenal go out and do further business, I said it on the show with Lee judges the other day, then there won't be such a backlash to it. Had Arsenal gone and signed Aaron Ramsdale and nobody else, i.e. no Martin Odegaard and not been actively looking for more, then people would have had a right to criticise it. Uh, So that's my take on that. Let's see uh, what else we've got here. Uh, Lewis Cooper says, do I get a free little 4.0 if I download the Lobom app? Unfortunately, no, Uh, they're not linked two different sponsorship campaigns uh kato uh, says super glad to finally catch you live mate welcome uh to a live show he says i'm overjoyed that martin has joined uh i've always preferred him over madison looking forward to one or two more signings a while and a right back could do um let's see what else we got here tom hickey says how are you getting good at this luck like, you almost got through a complete manscaped advert without laughing yeah true True. Uh, Gary Hundred says it is clear that Arsenal are building for the future. And if that's what makes us better, then we should all support. Yeah, look, we've said this, haven't we, time and time again throughout the course of the window, that what you can't say is that Arsenal are not looking at the future. You know, Arsenal in the past have been very short sighted in some of the business they've done. And I think in many ways, that's hindered us. I think it's come back to haunt us and bite us in the arse on, on numerous occasions. And I think, as I've said before, if you can't go and spend 80, 90, 100 million pounds on individual players, this is the only way. You, you assemble a team, which is obviously not cheap because we're talking about football in 2021, but you assemble a team that you feel can grow and develop together. And I think that's what Mikel Arteta is trying at least to do. Now, time will tell if it works out, but that's where we are. Let's see uh, what else we've got here. Um, (laughs) The Modern Gooner says, we always seem to lose when we're supposed to win and win when we're supposed to lose. Do you predict an Arsenal win against Chelsea? I don't predict a win, but I'm not going to reveal too much about my predictions and my thoughts on this game because we are going to do a preview show later on today uh, solely dedicated to that Chelsea game. I'll be revealing what I would pick as my starting lineup now that we have the updates and the team news from Mikel uh, and I'll also be talking about how I think the game might pan out so not going to give you too much on that just yet. Uh, Let's see what else we've got here. Uh, Bonster says Thoughts on the fan protest on Sunday and which side of the fence are you on? Well, I'm obviously on the side of the fence where I don't think the Cronkies have run the football club properly. And I'm obviously on the side of the fence where I feel like we need people who are more hands on in their management, who care more, uh, to be quite frank, who have a footballing interest. I don't think that the Cronkies do. I think they've got their fingers in so many different sports that they can't possibly like them all equally. Uh, so for me, you know, when you when you take that into consideration, I think that people are right to want a change of ownership. People are right to be unhappy with KSE. But what I, I don't want to see, and to be fair, there wasn't much of that in the Super League one, because obviously after the Super League, Arsenal had a really big Uh, protest I was there it was really good there were a lot of people and I thought it was powerful but the thing that I don't want people to do and I hate when people do is when they simplify the the issue and when I say simplify the issue I mean those people that literally stand there and shout spend some effing money as if that's the only problem at Arsenal I've said time and time again that money is not what I'm upset about Arsenal can spend what Arsenal can spend. The problem has been that Arsenal have spent their money badly in recent years, and that has contributed largely to where we are now. I think that Arsenal have backed Mikel Arteta to a point in this window. Will they back him enough to see us make that jump from finishing eighth to competing for the top four? Only time will tell. But we are, as I mentioned, once that Ramsdale deal goes through, the highest spenders in the Premier League at the time of recording – and I've, I would say that Arsenal spent a lot more money uh, without too many significant outgoings than I would have expected. So I was pleasantly surprised in that sense. But now those signings have to work out. You know, is Martin Odegaard going to k- kick on and push on and make us better? Is Aaron Ramsdale going to come in and provide good competition uh, for Burn Leno? Is Tavares going to be a capable deputy for Kieran Tierney in the event that he's unavailable? Is laconga going to be able to backfill Thomas Partey, who clearly uh, is having some fitness issues? There's a lot of these things that you don't really know whether they're going to work out until further down the line. But the issue with the Cronkies is a valid one, but it's not about money. Not for me anyway, not for me personally. So you'll get me there talking about the super league because I thought that was a disgrace. You'll get me there talking about them being a bit more transparent. You get me there talking about them being a little bit more hands on and caring a little bit more about the club and being better at appointing the right people to run it on a day-to-day basis. But if you're going to go and stand there and say spend some fucking money when they when the club are currently the top spenders in the Premier League, you look a bit stupid. And what that does is it 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 devalues the protest because the points are not all valid and it needs to be more concise and it needs to be better put together uh, at times. There are plenty who are there for the right reasons, of course, but there are a lot who are very simplistic uh, in their view towards it. And I think that if you stand in there talking about money and then they go and spend in the transfer window, you, you, you protest and your points and your credibility just disappears. Um, and I think people are starting to clock onto that now, clocking on to the fact that, yes, there are issues with KSE, but it's not just about money. And we can't only focus on that. Let's go back to the chat box. Uh, big hello to Sooty FM, it says, uh fans criticising every signing. White, Odegaard, Ramsdale? Who realistically can Arsenal buy given our current status with the £130 million pound we spent? Who would you have bought? Yeah, the, the difficulty is as well. That Arsenal needed to address a number of positions this summer. You know, we lost David Luiz, so we needed to address the centre-back position. We lost Odegaard when he returned back on loan. We lost Ceballos too uh, from our midfield. Lucas Torreira looks as though he's going to go as well. We've uh, we've allowed Joe Willock to leave the club. We've um, you know we clearly needed to improve in other areas as well and. That said, you had to do what you can do with the budget and address as many of those areas as well as you possibly can. So there is a lot of criticism towards a lot of those signings and I hope they prove people wrong. You can have an opinion, as I've said, uh, on signings. You can have an opinion on the suitability of certain players to this football club. But what you should not do is get personal and what you should not do is be toxic. When you get in the stadium, you should be backing those guys. You should be supporting those guys. And on social media as well. You know, I know it's not the same as being in the ground, but you are, you're still putting that opinion in the public domain. And you can put that opinion in a calm and measured and sensible way. It doesn't have to be, for example, Granite Xhaka is shit. What does that do? You could say Granite Jacker underwhelmed today. He misplaced a few passes. He was slow across the ground. He got caught out of position three or four times. And it's a big concern for Arsenal and for Mikel Arteta. And that's a fair way of assessing or judging something. Look, footballers know that they're being judged all the time. It's part and parcel of the job. They get paid big bucks. They're big boys. I'm sure they can take it. But it's when it crosses that line between talking about football and becoming personal and going from criticism or constructive criticism to abuse uh, that that people struggle to deal with it. Big shout out to Nigo as well. He says, uh, am I the only one that thinks Torreira should be getting another shot? Uh, I think he's extremely underrated and can benefit the team. As we said on the live show yesterday, uh, Chris Wheatley broke the news, didn't he, that uh, Lucas Torreira has been told by Mikel Arteta he's not part of the plans moving forward. And there's been mixed reaction to this. My view on this is is a simple one. Lucas Torreira hasn't wanted to be at Arsenal for a couple of years now. So... so Is he has he been part of the planning up until this point under Mikel Arteta? No, he hasn't. It was very clear early on in Mikel Arteta's tenure that there was a disconnect between the two. That Mikel didn't feel that maybe Lucas was committed enough, that his head was in the right space, etc., etc. I followed Lucas uh, Lucas Torreira's career quite closely. A lot of people, when I tweeted that yesterday, were like, "Yeah, he's followed him since he joined Arsenal." No, it's nonsense because. 25% of my work is based on Italian football, I would say at the moment. So I, I do follow Italian football. I have followed it for many, many years and I've worked very closely on it. So I was aware of Lucas Torreira prior to him coming to Arsenal. And that's why I still believe there's a good player in there. But that's not everything. The talent is not everything. He is clearly homesick or clearly feels that the UK and London in particular doesn't suit him in terms of lifestyle. He's talked about being lonely. And I think when you talk about wanting to move away so clearly and without any filter, and like the way Lucas Torreira has done it over recent seasons. I don't think you can have any complaints when the club tell you or the manager tells you that you're not part of the plans. It's understood that Torreira has taken that decision um, quite well, that he feels uh, fair, you know, he feels it's fair, Uh, He's not kicked up a massive stink and his team are working on a move to Italy, which is ultimately better suited to Lucas Torreira. So I think there are players in that team that are worse than him talent wise, but he doesn't want to be here and he hasn't been here for a little while now. So I I just think the writing's been on the wall for Lucas Torreira for a long, long time. And I don't think you can really come back from the situation that he's in. I think he goes and I think I wish him all the best. and, And that's that. You know, um, is he better, as I say, than some of the players in the current team? Yes, he is. But for me, um, writing's been on the wall for a long time. And as I say, final thought on that, again, is when you've been so open about the fact that you want to leave and even talked about clubs that you want to join, like Lucas Torreira has done over the last few years, and you're not part of the team because people compare the situation to Xhaka. It's very different because Granite Xhaka has been a key part of the team for the last 12 months. Lucas Torreira hasn't. He's In fact, he's been out on loan. But when you speak like that, so openly, so freely, I don't think, as I say, you can have any complaints about being told it's time to go or it's time for you to move on or that you're not part of the plans going forward. Uh, right. I think we are going to leave it there. Uh, we're going to be back later on today with more arsenal related content. As I say, over 400 of you, uh, watching us live right now, uh, which is fantastic. Plenty more of you, I'm sure will be watching us back, uh, l- later on, on the replay, but we've only got around about 76 likes on the board. I think yes. Yeah, 76 likes surely we can get that as close to 150 as possible there's enough of you watching so please do smash the like button it really really helps subscribe to the channel if you are new and if you'd like to become a member you can click the join button underneath the screen or you can click on the link in the description please don't forget this podcast is brought to you by manscaped and that discount code does have an expiry date uh, so if i were you and you're considering uh, investing in uh, down below then uh, now's the time to do it. Head over to that link, use our discount code, save yourself 20% and get yourself free shipping as well. Also download the Bomb app. Fantastic app. I'll be playing again this weekend and I'll be keeping you posted on how I do against some of those uh, aforementioned YouTubers. Uh, So yeah, looking forward to that. Right. I'll catch you all very, very soon. Until next time, take care of yourselves and uh, enjoy your Friday. Cheers.